Walking away from Mormonism, also known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, means the end of death of the life you learned previously. In other words, the reality you knew is no longer reality. And that, my friends, is much more of a psychological shock to you than you may be aware and needs to be recognized as trauma. When you lose trust or feel betrayed by the people around you that you were always confident you could trust, there's an implicit and immediate question about your judgments. How could you ever be right about anything again if you were so wrong about this? And that sounds obvious. However, self-doubt creeps in as you discover you were so overwhelmingly duped. After all, it's not a mistake akin to choosing the wrong shade of paint for your living room. It's more of a catastrophic self-discovery that so many are so easily conned. Are there signs? Should someone who is a part of Mormonism have known? Mormons are taught, though, from a young age and continuing through adulthood that their safety and happiness depend on the church. From Fragile Moments and Not Today Media, I'm JD, and this is story number 35 of the What's Your Story podcast, Escaping the Trauma I tend to be very uh, harsh myself. I feel that if I not convey the right message, then all of this is going to be fresh and it's not going to be worth <laughs> worth it or usable. So I, <laughs> I, I tend to do that all the time with many little things, like little conversations or whenever I try hmm. to succeed at my job. But well, sometimes I I cannot do it, yeah. and I struggle a lot. I yeah. grew up in a cult. It was Mormonism, and I firmly believed in it for many many years. Then um, I started to disagree with some parts of its history. Its principles. I felt uncomfortable with the way they treated certain people. And I I think it was about a two-year period in which I managed to finally detach from all of that. But the trauma was still there. There were so many rules and so many expectations. One of the uh, phrases that had stuck with me the most was this Something similar as to, um, you need to be perfect, like the Lord that is perfect. So I took that very seriously. I used yeah. to take it very seriously. I wanted to be that. And, well, leaving the cult also leave me with an identity crisis because they teach you who you were literally before this life, what you have to do during this period of time, what will happen after. So all of that was settled in stone and that was supposed to be all I could ever be. I remember yeah. I'm sorry, is the background noise a problem? That's okay. That's okay. It'll it'll we'll 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 figure out how to cut it out later on in life. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I hope I'm not taking too much time. Much no, time? you're fine. Yeah. Take all the time you need to. Okay. Oh, that happens a lot. I I worry about being inadequate. 
and it's it's something that I, I tend to say as a joke, but it's really uh, tiring because it's all the time about every little thing, posture, yeah. hair, the way I pronounce things, or the way I look at people, or if I'm making the joke funny enough. It's just this constant uh, self-awareness that I think it's up to a level that is not good. Well, I know for certain yeah. that it's not good. Um, and yeah, once I decided to <laughs> to break free from that call, it, it's, it was tough. And it is it is still tough because still tough. Yeah. most of my family members are still Mormon. They all deeply believe in all of that. And whenever I listen to any of the messages from the leaders of that whole, I, I get a very physical, strong reaction because I cannot sure. think and, and believe all of the things that I used to do. I wouldn't even focus on learning more about the world because I thought I knew everything I had to know. You know? Yeah. It was such a I felt at such a disadvantage later on in life when I realized that I could have used all those years that I spent learning stupid doctrines and very... I, I knew a lot. I knew basically everything about black holes. And I spent yeah. hours, days. And <laughs> that was some time that I could have used to learn something more useful. And yeah and become a different person and sometimes I, I grieve that time of my life well I, I, I do it a lot not sometimes <laughs> and, and you know it's, it's an integral part of the story because when I was in the cold I used to be depressed without knowing and my way of pushing through was through faith just asking God to save me to protect yeah. me and I would trust that everything would be better but there was a point in college precisely where I couldn't even like stand up on time uh, what wake up on time I'm sorry for my classes and uh, I was like an excellent student for two semesters but during the third semester everything started falling apart okay. and it was also when I was having this uh transition from the cold life to knowing who I was and experiencing all yeah. that and I, I had issues with my hygiene I wasn't able to properly uh, polish myself to go to school and I, if I had class at 7 I would get there at 10 and I would miss presentations classes, exams I, I, and that was <clears throat> that was part of the biggest struggles that I've had and yeah. I also I feel like I'm not going chronologically but who cares it's just <laughs> well I mean it but I I, I mean if I, if I can make an observation though it's like your your life hasn't been chronological right I mean you like you said your identity was kind of like formed for you and a lot of that happens very early on in life and you're getting to do that now. And that seems strange, you know, because it's like, wait a minute, like that's what, that's what you do as a, you know, a child on into like adulthood. 
and it you know you're it seems like you're doing it backwards but i mean to to look at it in in more of a a, a light you know it, it's, it's the fact that you're getting to do it you know but i completely understand why like even just telling the story feels like you're saying things out of out of order because that's that's unfortunately what was what happened to you that you were you were thrown out of order and now you get to put piece the puzzle back um and do that so uh, completely understandable parts that i uh, avoided because for the majority of my life i tried not to think about that for instance sure. at home there was this abuse um my dad used to be very violent he still is but not in a physical way like he used to he once hit my mom when i was like nine and i i found out because i heard her screaming so i just went upstairs really worried and i slightly yeah. opened the door and i saw her she was on her knees begging like this and i remember that yeah. and when i wanted to confront my father about that like three years ago he Why? was like the expression he made was as if i was overreacting to it and even my mom did the same my mom has remained with him ever since they met and she started seeing the the signs of abuse ever since they started their relationship but she was very fragile very broken at that time and that was that was what she held on to so yeah um and, and yeah I, i saw that and my father was always very controlling whenever we went on holiday because we went uh, with my mom my brother and i the three of us would go away and he would go through every single one of our things to check what was there we had no privacy and he would change it the way he wanted to some things would disappear and I was afraid of even you know show any interest in any in any person while I was growing up because he would make it he would make it such a terrible thing to do if someone yeah. that I liked like in middle school would give me a little letter I would have to hide it in a very specific way and take it with me while I was away because otherwise he would uh, go through my things and then once I came back he would look at me in as if he was disgusted of me. Yeah. And I also grew up with uh, my grandmother, his mom. So <laughs> it's understandable why he would be that way. But I, I don't forgive him because he hasn't tried to change. But um, his grandmother was also a terrible person. My grandmother was also a terrible person. I'm sorry. Yeah. And she would. She was obsessed with the cold. And she was obsessed with sex as well. Which is... An interesting combination because yeah. while I was uh, a kid, I would listen to weird stuff that she would say and how I shouldn't uh, show too much skin or how I should cover everything uh, or that or men would be uh, instantly what instantly tempted or something like that. I was like, I'm a kid. I, I don't understand what what yeah. And it got worse once I started to grow up. This podcast is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Therapy is something that should be taken seriously. And while this may be another sponsored ad, my relationship with BetterHelp is personal because for the past year, I've been using BetterHelp to gain my own mental clarity. I can sit here all day and tell you to seek help, but the truth is, we're in this together. In the end, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships. Or simply not dealing with stress very well. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed or scared of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the millions of people, myself included, who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you're your greatest asset. As a special offer to listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. That's betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. And remember, just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping. Uh, it was, I was very vulnerable because I had grown up with these people and I trusted yeah. them and I feared them. And so whatever they said was right, was right. Yeah. yeah. I also had some, um, Colorist comments from my grandmother. She would always read. This is also part of Mormonism that I really dislike. There's a book, Book of Mormon, and in one part, I think it's the Book of Mormon, or one of their many invented books. In one of those, uh, it says that God once cursed people with tan skin to distinguish them from the people that were uh, loyal to him. So she would always tell me that. Because, well, she was slightly whiter. She wasn't blonde by any means, but she would like to dye her hair that way and yeah. do things. And she also uh, was very misogynistic. She hated my mom and then she hated me. It was, it was tough. I was so glad when she died. But at the moment, since I was under this um, concept of always forgiving everyone, I even gave a speech on her funeral because I truly believed that I had to forgive her and I said that she would be with the angels and everything and I truly meant it but right yeah. now God, no I'm glad she died as you look as you look back you realize like you know what was all that's that I mean that's that I mean it again it's an understandable emotion to have I mean it sounds sounds absolutely insensitive and disrespectful to even think that but it you know you're you can see your moral compass like comes flying in there and you're like, you guys shouldn't feel this way. But on the flip side, you, you know, you're again, you're realizing what, what was and what isn't should be. And you know, you're, you're becoming aware of what, how unacceptable treating, uh, you know, any human being, let alone a, a, a family member in that way looks like. Um, and that's hard. Yeah, definitely. 
once I look back, there are so many things I could have done differently, but something that has helped me a lot is this phrase that I think many people repeat, but I did what I could with my resources. And at first it was really hard to accept because there were so many horrible things that happened because of my resources not being good enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to, to continue. Um, I also uh, was bullied when I was in primary school. In middle school, I wasn't. But uh, during high school, I was as well. But to the point where I was really depressed because this person took away all of my friends. I was really depressed. <laughs> sure. Even before, Even before yeah. I, I started feeling depressed when I was in middle school. Um, Which is already a terrible, terrible spot for anybody in their life. It's like every everything is changing physically, you know, emotionally, biologically, right? And then throw that in there and it's like, well, what do I do with this? What direction do I go? How do I stand on two feet? Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's also in middle school when I started to develop like these secret strategies so as to not let my parents know that I was dating guys, whatever you can call dating in middle school. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was it was interesting because I would feel very guilty, but I would still go <laughs> on and do so. Yeah. And I even remember that before I uh, entered high school, I... I begged on my knees to God for forgiveness for having uh, boyfriends and yeah that's, that's the way that it was even when I entered university I was still in the cold and I remember uh, I wrote an essay about how it was a horrible essay and I'm really embarrassed about it because looking back you would think if you read that he would say, this is such a horrible person, such a stupid person. And yeah, the essay was about how Mormons were as oppressed or even more oppressed as the LGBT community. Could you believe like the, the mental gymnastics that would have had, that, that I would have to yeah. to get there? So it was like, wow. Yeah. And I truly believed it because in the story of Mormonism, there's all both these narration of how they suffered to continue with the church and how they had to travel for miles and miles on end and they were rejected from every place due to them having the truth of the Lord and it, it's just ridiculous the way yeah. in which something like that can shape your whole life and the scars that it leaves you because I didn't know who I am. I'm still struggling with that because the only thing that I was thought to be was a daughter of God, which should yeah. be really well well behaved and obey him all the time and uh, a future wife. And that was it. That was all yeah. that I could aspire for. So. <laughs> and is, is it challenging? Like now, I mean, take, take all the other pieces of this puzzle out. Is it is it challenging to like I don't want to say like competing narratives, but you know you have this you know this belief that there's a God and like you know that that and then that's a that's a that's a good thing that's a normal thing that's a, that things that you know 
churches across the world believe, right? But your version of that is is not necessarily, you know, one of just believing and having faith. And there's a story where God came from it, all that, right? Whatever, whatever version of God like you believe in, right? You didn't get to necessarily just come into being in church, right? You didn't get to just read a Bible or have this. You had this other scenario going along with it. So is it hard to like, you know, not only just figuring out who you were, but like, can you even embrace the fact that like, like, well, maybe we should just ask that. Like, do you still believe in, in God and, and, and having like a, like a faith background or is that just not even possible because it's so intertwined with this like traumatic experience at this point? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's, it's not possible for me and I don't think it will ever be because for me, the way I experienced all of that was very real, genuine, you know, I was really convinced that that was the way. Yeah. And I, I, I realized that I don't want to be that type of person anymore because you know, there is, there are sequels to all of this. Uh, I don't know if that's the correct word. No, there are like consequences to all of this because it's not only that they tell you to do some things that you don't like, like, well, what am I complaining about, right? But uh, it's also the mind control. They tell you what to think and how to how to think, which sources you can uh, consult in order to know more about the truth. So it's like if you wanted to know more about the history of the church, we would have to go to the official pages of the church, not look anywhere else. And it was all of this. We had classes. We had this sort of dialectical method. We would ask different questions, but they were all really guided and they weren't really critical. So I learned to think that way. So that's why I was mentioning that I felt impaired later on because I knew I had this potential. I I had all this time, but I was at such a lower level when it came to critical thinking compared to some of my classmates that I realized this is, Am I really in college? Am I really qualified to be here? Also, yeah. they would control like the, the narrative regarding your body, what you should do with it, how you should treat it, what you could drink and eat. And uh, I remember I couldn't wear tank tops because they were considered obscene and not appropriate. They would be uh, because they would be showing the shoulders, like what a yeah. And uh, yeah, there was. Uh, it, it was all surrounded by guilt and these false promises of eternal life and yeah. just following this path and if you do that then everything will be alright and if something goes wrong well that's God's plan there was an answer for everything you know but once you're yeah. out there you realize and you face the uncertainty and I guess that's part of what <laughs> I've always been a, an anxious person but I guess that's whenever I at that time, I started to develop more of my anxious traits, and sure. then it's finally diagnosed with the depression and anxiety. And then it took a while. I've been to therapy. Um, I was with someone who would only talk with me. I would m- mention her how I felt, and then once the hour was done, she would be like, "Well, that's all. See you next week." I wouldn't get any uh, feedback or input or guidance and yeah. I, I was there I, I stood there 
I, I stood that for about a year because it was during the pandemic and I was really desperate for help. Okay, because yeah. also my parents wouldn't let me go out of the house for two years. I had to rebel and actually my I remember the first thing I did was going to Walmart. I live near Walmart. It's literally one street away from my house and I couldn't even go there. I spent two years at home. And that that was intense. Because <laughs> I the way I dealt with that, and while I was uh, dealing with that, I also had to take care of an aunt that had cancer. Terminal one. A very aggressive tumor on the brain. So I was at home, I was, I, I, I really loved I appreciated her. She, she was a very important part of my life. She always loved me. So I wanted to be there for her. And I saw her slowly decay. Apart. which was yeah. terrible um, and horrible and excruciating because and I was experiencing that and I was also taking my college classes online about to finish my degree so it was it was a lot yeah. I was also trying to deal with an online relationship we wanted to start a relationship face to face at school, but then the pandemic hit, and then when we went quarantine, so there was no way. And okay. my parents wouldn't let me go out, so this was a, a whole year of our relationship online. And yeah, it was I was I was codependent. Sure. I, I've always I had always been codependent up to that point. I felt like that. Yeah. I needed to be perfect to the people that I dated, and if I wasn't, then it would. Then it would mean that I was a failure, of that I didn't deserve to be loved. I measured my value based yeah. on their standards, yeah. and whenever, <laughs> um, yeah, whenever I had a partner. It would be up to them to treat me right. I wouldn't ask them to treat me right. It would be just whatever they wanted. And yeah, it was it was a tough time because I wasn't feeling that my needs were met. Yeah. But I wasn't able to say anything about it. Because yeah. that's just, all you knew. Sorry? Right. I said, because that's really all you, you've, you've known all your life, right? That, I mean... Yeah every piece of your your life has been dictated to you and so it's like it's almost like you feel it's unacceptable to to think about how you feel and what what that means and how to interpret that and all that right uh, yeah totally there was no space in the cold to ever feel know yourself yeah if you follow the principles exactly as they were mandated, which I did, you could clearly understand everything that you were supposed to do. But, um, no, that's not the reality of life. Yeah. Uncertainty exists, and I have a lot of trouble dealing with uncertainty. And I immediately yeah. uh, associate that with the fact that I was in a place in which everything was already established yeah and, and, and yeah it was it was a lot during the pandemic 
Also, yeah. one of my dogs passed away during 2021. It was awful. My dogs are like my babies. Yeah. So, seeing her die, it was also sudden. There were wow. three days which started feeling weak. And we took her to the bed. And I remember uh, the exact words that the vet said. That we're like, well, there's nothing else we can do. We could put her down immediately. And I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I was with my father. My father was still speaking to me. Then. And uh, then we brought her home. And we all said our goodbyes to her. It was sort of a ceremony of sorts. Uh, we would be... She was just there lying on her bed. Just breathing with difficulty. And we would get close to tell her how much we loved her and say goodbye and then she passed away the next morning and that hurt deeply because yeah. i had felt so alone my whole life like i couldn't trust my parents with any personal matters you know the minute yeah. i i decided to gather the courage and tell my parents about this online relationship that i had the comments from my father were that it was astounding how I could have these two different lives at once and how I how dare I lie to them it, it was like as if they were always open to conversation right <laughs> but they never were so but not that kind of conversation only the conversation yeah. that they they wanted to be open to right right and as long as I did what they wanted to as I met the expectations but um, well, I was mentioning this first time that I went to Walmart after the pandemic. It was really rebellious and I felt so good to actually breathe air outside. You know, I got it through the, through the windows, right? For that time, but it was different. See the sunlight, yeah. just, I felt sort of alive again. Yeah. And then there was this occasion in which I asked for permission to go see a friend. It was a whole ordeal, but then in the end, I was like, well, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, that was my father. Like, okay, I will. So I went there, we ate, and then she asked me, oh, do you want to stay over so that we can have like a little, um, what is it? Like a little sleepover? Yeah. Yeah, like a sleepover. So I asked my father and my mother. My grandfather had recently passed away. My my maternal grandfather had recently passed away due to COVID. Someone not wearing a mask went to speak to him. He was 80 years old. He got sick and he couldn't see it. Yeah. So, um, it, that was very recent and I was aware of that. And yeah. my father used that to try and manipulate me because the message I got, I still have it there to remember why I'm not talking to him. <laughs> because uh, he said that I was stupid and that I was putting the whole family at risk. And what if I wanted to kill all of them? You know, it was the end of 2020. And there was, you know, I was wearing a mask. I was making sure when I got home, I would like, be inside my room like all everything sealed 
So I would take the necessary measures because we always were like God during the pandemic. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, that, that's what he told me. And he started insulting me. And he said that now I would have a new family. And it was all of this guilt tripping. Just, yeah, and added pressure. Of course. In the end, I didn't stay over. And I just went back. But my father wasn't speaking to me. That's what my father does all of the time. Ever since I was little, he used to, uh, for instance, when he got, he used to get mad at my mom. Uh, he would just ignore her, uh, like give her the cold shoulder, as they would say, and just walk past her. Just let her behind him. My mom would be the one that would be walking, running behind him. Uh, and uh, there's, there was always like this. Whenever he didn't like something, he would ignore you. He wouldn't stick to you at all. Hmm. So I decided that this time I had enough. And I uh, didn't start the conversation. I didn't beg for his forgiveness as we all used to. And he has never spoken to me ever since. <laughs> and he, he comes back. Uh, he comes by the house sometime. Sometimes. And uh, he's just there and he wouldn't. Same literally thing. say anything to me it's like I don't exist and I'm really glad that happened because that I felt like a huge weight was lived uh, for me and because having to please him was very hurtful yeah yeah, that's that's how I, I ended up not talking to my father because he wanted me to beg for him and I wasn't about to do that so I'll I'll never do that. Mm, yeah. Where do you think this? Uh, I'll leave it at this here. You know, uh, with all of this that's gone on, uh, you know, whether you're aware of it or not. I mean, and I don't even know you and I could see it and you could see it in the smile that you have that strength there and the things that you're saying, like it, that, like you, you see that weight, you see that this way of, of treating somebody, you know, a child, their own child is not right. You see the way that, you know, this cult is treating you as not appropriate. Having all this being dictated to you all your life, somehow you found a way to not fit into that mold and however hard that work is going to be however long that work is going to take you are at least aware that you want to do that work and that there is something better out there that you want to to head towards where do you think that that strength comes from given that none of that was told to you you're not allowed to have your own strength but you you have it where where do you think that comes from for you <laughs> that's okay there may not be an answer I, I don't want you to add like add a pressure to that answer but I, I at least want you to be aware that there is, that is there like you you could you could see that you have that in there so I'm just curious if you have ever explored where that comes from thank you first of all <laughs> I think it varies sometimes dogs mean a lot to me 
they're like my family <laughs> and sometimes it's like little things like uh like the way they wiggle their tails or how they cuddle it's just i really think that i am able to see the beauty in life despite of the horrors and i i have focused on that despite of all the terrible horrible things and it doesn't yeah. mean that i'm always happy and upbeat because I no, tried to at life to you. And I was at a psych ward yeah. for 21 days. It's like a very long period according to I don't know what standard, but I remained there. And then I got out and I I felt better. But today is one of those days in which I'm having a crisis. So it's just like sometimes ebbs and flows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It certainly does. And that's okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's like I said in the beginning. I mean, that's, that's what, ha that's what happens in life. And I don't want to say that like normalizes it or, or it diminishes the, like the ups or the downs or any of that, but having that awareness that, you know, things are not always going to be okay. Um, you know, it's important to recognize just as much as that they are okay. because it kind of, It's like I like to say, there's seasons in life, and some seasons are crappy and rainy, like it currently is here, um, <laughs> and some are bright and sunny. Um, but I, I mean, I, you can certainly see the the strength there. Um, and so I thank you for for sharing that strength. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think it's a long way to go. I have struggled yeah. with the idea of it being a long period. Of period of time uh, I have definitely made progress I have to write it down to make it visible so that I don't forget because I tend to forget and whenever I have a crisis it's like oh my god I'm here again like why is this happening again yeah. and I recently got a new diagnosis with borderline personality and it's like it, it seems like it never ends but yeah I mean I may need to be uh, in how can explain this it's a long way to go but i have already walked some steps you know it's not yeah. like being right at the starting line i have made progress and i i cherish that and i'm grateful for that because otherwise i wouldn't be here and yeah. yet new challenges keep on appearing and they will keep on happening but i just uh i'm here I'm missing and I'm learning about life. So that's exciting. And we all. <laughs> What's Your Story is produced by me, JD, with background piano music by Chad Lawson. These beautiful, inspiring, wonderful stories, they're all yours, listener. So if you've got a story you want to share, you can do so by heading to fragilemoments.org slash tellyourstory. If there's something that rang a bell with you today or something that truly touched your heart in today's episode, let me know by sending me an email at jd.jedi at fragilemoments.org. Or you can just tag the show at, at StorySharingPod on Twitter as well as Instagram. Thanks once again for choosing to listen. And I look forward to hearing your story one day. Because we all have within us a story to tell. A song, yet unsung.